Welcome to the Produce Pair. I'm Dan, the Produce Man. I want to wish everyone a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving. This week, we have a blast from the past, from our Blast from the Past series. This one goes all the way back April 3rd, 2004, when we interviewed Paul Prudhomme. Now, Paul Prudhomme isn't with us anymore, God rest his soul, but he was a fantastic, just a wonderful, generous, genuine human being. In fact, a little story about this day. We recorded it live at Bay Area Herb and Specialties in San Francisco, the South San Francisco Produce Wholesale Terminal. And we recorded it live with the sound of the produce market in action behind us. You're going to hear forklifts in the background and pallets clanking and hand trucks and people yelling because that's the action that happens on the wholesale produce market early in the morning. It's If you haven't seen it before, it's just a fantastic experience. And so all that's there. And in the midst of that, we are recording this radio show for the next day's broadcast with Paul Prudhomme and a few others. I think it was Phil Fendian and other folks. We were promoting, it was a promotion for buttercup squash. This cut in cubed buttercup squash that Phil's company, I believe it was Renaissance Foods at the time, was promoting through Safeway stores. And you could buy it in the store, cut up. I don't see that product out there anymore. But at the time, this is what was going on. And Paul Prudhomme had cooked up some recipes in the whole bit. Anyway, the one other story I was going to tell you about Paul Prudhomme was on my mother's side of the family, they're all French Canadians. While Paul was cooking some of the squash, he started singing this song in French that I remember my mom singing when I was a little kid. Yeah, she'd sing it from time to time. And I never heard it since. But Paul Prudhomme is singing it. And I said to the chef Paul, I says, Paul, my mother used to sing that song when I was a little kid. And we got we started talking and telling about our ancestors and stuff. And he goes, well, you know, the Cajuns are French Canadians that moved down to Louisiana decades, maybe even a century ago. And that's where we come from. He goes, is she still around? Is she still with us? And I said, well, yes. And at the time she was. He says, let's give her a call. So I call my mom. She was in her 70s at the time. I say, mom, Paul Prudhomme wants to talk to you. She goes, what? So I put Paul on the phone, and he talked with her for about three or four minutes, and they spoke in French, and it was just a wonderful thing. What a gracious guy he was. She was so happy and so thrilled to have that conversation with Paul Prudhomme. He didn't have to do that. And I think about a lot of folks who are famous and wouldn't give the time of the day for something like that. But here's a man with all heart and all soul and really some good food, too. So without further ado, let's sit back and enjoy this great moment with Paul Prudhomme on the Produce Pair radio show from April 3rd, 2004. I'm Chiquita Banana, and I've come to say... Vegetables are very good for you. Mom was right. Eating veggies keeps us healthy. Miserable little turnip. I'm a cucumber. I'm a savage for bacon and cabbage. Be a mental vegetarian. 
cornbread, fried okra. Far out, man. What do you want from life? Today's Produce Pear Radio Show is brought to you by the Pear Bureau Northwest, growers of delicious, nutritious, sweet, and juicy fresh pears. Look for the USA sticker on the fruit, and you'll know that you have a genuine pear from the Northwest. Stick around the Produce Pear right after this. Live from the San Francisco Bay, it's the Produce Pair, your food show on the enjoyment of fresh fruits and vegetables. What's in season? What's fresh? At the store, at the farmer's market, in your backyard, and on your table. Speaking of fresh, here's your host. America's natural grocer, Dan the Produce Man, and Guido the Gardener. Welcome to the Produce Pair, folks. I'm Dan the Produce Man, along with... Guido the Gardener. We're live at Bay Area Herb Company, right here in... Oh, actually, Bay Area Herbs, excuse me. Bay, well, let, let's start all over again. We're live yeah, at... Just read the card. We're live at just Bay Just read that green part I'm trying there. to, but... All right, let me, let me try it again. Bay Area Herb Specialty. You said it. That's perfect. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we're live I here on the re- Produce I just Pair. read the green part on the card. <laughs> read the green. That's Guido. We yeah, love it. Okay. Steve Horowitz is with us and John St. Augustine. They are the folks here who run the Bay Area Herbs Company. Phil Fendian is with us from Renaissance Foods who brings us this fine squash. And we're having a good time today, Chef Paul Prudhomme, and a whole lot going on. So let's talk about the Bay Area Herb Company real quick a little bit. Well, actually, why don't we introduce the squash first? Phil, tell us about this buttercup squash. What we've done, uh, Renaissance Foods, is we'll be processing it, cutting it into quarters and halves, and we've got a diced line here. And we're working, and it will be available in selected markets. Now, is this going to be year-round? Uh, no, it's very because- limited. Uh, it's, it's like a six weeks. New Zealand uh, just started harvesting, and they'll har- finish harvesting in a few more weeks. It's like cherry season. you got to get them while you can. Right. And they have had a lot of heavy rains down there, so it's very limited. Phil, this is a, a very rich tasting squash very d- delicious how does it differ from other winter squash varieties that we grow here in california it's, it's part of the turban fam- family uh, and uh, what makes it different is that it's the soil that it's grown in in new zealand most of the crop ends up in uh, export to the uh, far east especially to japan new zealand we've been working with the new zealand buttercup council trying to get it to come to the united states very tasty very colorful squash, and uh, the minute you cut it and slice, it's got this deep golden color, and it makes it very attractive on a produce stand. Very and we sure thing. know that it can cook up well. Chef Paul showed us that. What I've got in my hand here is a is a, a clamshell, a consumer pack of uh, diced New Zealand buttercup squash, and this has everything in it. It's got you know half inch or so diced, along with uh, Chef Paul's. Seasoning mix. I mean, you've got a you got a whole side dish right here. This just is great. Flip it over, and you got the recipe. You're ready to go. Yeah. It's yeah. Sell by date and everything. Okay. Uh, stores. Where? What store can we get this in now? Right now, it's available at your uh, local Safeway store in Northern California. There we go. Boy, you can't beat it. Thanks, Phil. You're welcome. You gonna man. stick around? Right. I'll stick around. You're gonna, uh, are you going to feed I've us already, later? I've already, yeah, we're going to feed you, and it's been uh, great coming on your show. Oh, well, great. Okay, we're with uh, Steve Horowitz and John St. Augustine here at Bay Area Herbs. They're gracious enough to host this event today, and we certainly are happy to have you. 
here on the produce pair. Uh, tell, why don't you tell us a little bit about Bay Area Herbs Company? Because, you know, you go on the produce market, you've got the Oakland produce market, you've got the San Francisco produce market, and you've got South San Francisco produce market, but there's really only one distributor for herbs on, on the wholesale markets here in the Bay Area. Yeah, well, we like to believe that's the case. We, there is only one. There's a few people out there. We're, we're one of the larger distributors of fresh culinary herbs and specialty produce in the Bay Area. And it's been fueled by the, the California cuisine movement out here and, and the big demand on the restaurants and consumers' awareness of how to cook with fresh herbs. And, and from that, awareness has, has become the demand on specialty produce, things like white asparagus, edible flowers, uh, rainbow radishes. And mini cauliflowers. Hey, yes. these, hey, these are green great. and white. And right. A little Romanesco there. That, that's right. Yeah, we're, and we're big on babies here. We have lots of baby vegetables, baby carrots, um, baby squashes, and as you pointed out, the baby cauliflower. With me right here is John San Augustine, who's one of our specialty buyers. He could tell you a little bit about some of that stuff. Hey, John, that, that's a great item right there. I think uh, the cauliflowers and the Romanesco, I think it, this, this purple one's actually a broccoli, isn't it? I believe it is, yes. Um, these items truly are really nice, you know, because they offer out uh, so many creative ideas for chefs, you know, to use a product. And uh, the color's great. They cook up nice and evenly. One thing that's nice about this purple cauliflower here, it doesn't bleed when you cook, so you don't see it, you know, the color moving out through your, your sauce. It just stays right there, you so, know, so with the right So when color. you cook that, that'll stay fairly purple? Correct. Yeah. Oh, it, you wonderful. know, if you steam it, it's going to lose slightly some of its color, you know, but most of that purple will stay right in there in that tint. You know, I would eat that with the leaves and all. I mean, in the old days, we used to eat cauliflower leaves because all the cauliflower came packed with nice big leaves on it. Absolutely. That, today, you don't get that. Here, they're not wrapped in cellophane like you would find in a retail pack. They're babies. So I would actually cook that somehow, maybe a saute it or, or even grill it if I can get it to a point where I can, or maybe do one and then the other. And then actually pick it up by the stem and just eat it like that. Like Manja, yeah. hey. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I too remember years back when cauliflower, you, you would go to the farmer's markets and the, the entire cauliflower would be wrapped in its right. greens, you know. And to me, that's just the way it should be shipped. But, you know, because of the retail demand and things like that and cutting down time with uh, preparation, it's now those precious leaves are taken away. But you can find it that way. And, and uh, that's something. You can find it quite sure, you can find it organics and then the farmer's market. And perhaps you might even see it here at Bay Area Herbs one day, you know. Great. Okay, we're talking with Steve Horowitz and John St. Augustine. Here at Bay Area Herbs Specialties, Phil Fendian is with us, Chef Paul Prudhomme, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. we got a lot more on the produce pair. Buttercup Squash Bisque, coming up in the next segment with Chef Paul Prudhomme. What more appropriate sponsor for the Produce Pear Show than fresh pears from the Northwest? Produce Pair. We're live at South San Francisco Produce Market, the Golden Gate Produce Terminal, and we are live at Bay Area Herbs Specialties. Chef Paul Prudhomme is joining us again because we have another great recipe here. This is a buttercup squash bisque. Bisque, right. And man, is it good. So Thank you. 
Now, I saw you put a decent amount of butter in this pan. Yes, we put butter in to start with. What I'm trying to do with the butter is, is to give it a background flavor because the squash is pretty mild. And in a bisque, it's very heavy and very thick, so you need a lot of flavor in it. And what I did was I put the butter in, and I just barely melted it. Then I put the squash in and sort of browned them together. You can see little bitty uh, brown flecks in there. Well, what I'm doing with, with that, or my goal here, is to push the flavor of the squash and push it as hard as I possibly can. And butter is one of the great things to do that. And it smells great. It really does. See how this, the squash smell is accented? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's from the butter. And so we're going to add some stock to it because what I've got here is a pureed squash and it's a paste. And so I want to thin that paste out because it really is a heavy paste. And then we're going to put some stock in it. And you can use any kind of stock that you wish. I'm using chicken stock here and it's a mild chicken stock. You could use a vegetable stock or, uh, you know, whatever you have, a, a chicken bouillon. And then I'm going to actually make like a very thin uh, sauce to start the bisque with because I want it to be thick and I want it to be rich and I want the texture to be good. I don't want it to be pasty. And so I'm going to start adding ingredients that's going to give a change of taste. You know, most of the time I'll start a dish and I'll put the onions in in the beginning and brown them like I did with the first dish. With these, I'm going to put the onions in and I'm not going to brown them because I want the natural taste of onions. And a bisque cooks for a while. And so we're just going to let those cook. I'm also doing some unusual stuff like putting some um, parsnips in it. I'm going to put a little roasted garlic in it. Then I'm going to add some greens to it. And that's basically the recipe. After that, what you need to do is just let it sit there and, and simmer and let it become a bisque on its own. Uh, you can add cream to it. We're going to add a little cabbage to it. The cabbage so, was excellent. So, yeah, yeah, we give it some texture. Uh, we give it a good, deep flavor. And we do it with things that sort of have relative taste or taste that complement each other. And so all these things are going to give richness to the, to the bisque and uh, give texture and taste to it. So now after what, these ingredients, time and temperature is pretty much the rest of, rest of the bisque. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to add the herbs and spices in now. You know, it, to me, herbs and spices is, is one of those things that are, are the very powerful part of the dish. And when you put them in, is is very important. Usually I'll put them in at the beginning yeah, the and let them, dish, let them get you, some... You put it in at the very, very beginning. Right, now you're dry putting heat. it in at the end. This one, uh, I'm using some sweet spices in it. And when you use sweet spices, I prefer not to apply that dry heat. And then, because sweet spices become romantic or they become aromatic and, and, and they give you emotional taste when they're just boiled in liquor. It's one of the things we've used. I mean, teas are basically, uh, oh, sure. you know, from the spice family. and, and uh, But sweet spices really give you great, wonderful flavors. How about a, a basic question? Like, what technically is, is a bisque? Bisque is a thick soup. Okay. And it, it can have cream in it. It doesn't have to have cream in it it generally has cream in it you know and it's it's a very rich thick soup food is one of the most emotional things that we do well it personalizes you know i mean it well it does that i mean we all know that uh, you know relationship between a man and a woman is the most really uh, emotional thing that anybody does but food is more emotional in, in the sense that it's more important and you got to do it more often and yeah, you can do it more yeah. often <laughs> yeah you know uh, what chef paul i think i'm gonna stay away from that <laughs> Uh, well, but, I was going to say true. it might be a little easier too. So you're adding the greens in a little later on. Yes, and let I, I want the greens to, I want the greens to be the finish, and I want them to just get a bright, bright color to them. Okay. And so we're going to add the greens now, and you see the texture changing; they start to get thick. What that looks think? like red chard to me. Are there? Um, it is chard. Yeah. How about beet greens? 
could be beet greens. But you can use beet greens. You could, you could or use dandelion. Yes. Or you know, the neat thing about cooking is that, you know, if you got a recipe and it calls for a certain thing, if you know something is a relative of it, you know, it's in the same right. ballpark, 98% of the time it's going to work. And very seldom will it fail, you know. But I think it's so important to be able to understand how much herbs and spices in it, uh, how the flavors have come together. Sure. You have to taste what you cook. I love the beginning of it, you know, uh, when you got to watch in. it, it's hot. But you, you get a beginning of it, and you get a rush of squash, and all the things start falling in line behind it. Thank oh, you. Boy. And it just changes rapidly. We're live at the South San Francisco Produce Market. All that noise you hear in oh, the background, boy. forklifts clanking, pallets of produce everywhere. Oh, that is marvelous. And right in the middle of all of this hustle and bustle, we're sitting here cooking with Chef Paul Prudhomme. Amazing. Only on the produce pair can you cook. I'm learning a ton of stuff today. The last thing I'm going to do is, is I'm going to try to push the flavors a little bit with a little bit of jalapeno. And we're not going to put much in because you don't want it to be hot because the herbs and spices already got a taste. But that ought to just give it a really whiff of change and it, it, ought to, it ought to finish it, yes. Okay. And I, and I think the, the really way to find out if, if there's any basis for that, I mean, you've seen how small amount we put in. Let's see if the taste has changed. What, what I, I think probably the reason I chose jalapenos, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's because it's green and it needs a green flavor to it. Because right at the end, that's why you put the greens in right at the end, is you need a green flavor to make it, uh, to finish the taste. Okay, and then we're up against the clock here. So you've, you've got, that was your last ingredient, the jalapeno pepper, and then you let this cook for about how much longer? I would say about another five minutes and this is done. As soon as everything is to a place where it's not raw anymore and it's just getting crunchy because, you know, it's nice to have nice crunch in the bisque soup. But, but this year, start to finish was what? It's how long it would, was it? Well, we, no, we, not that long at all. Yeah, and we reduced the amount, which made it easier to do. But if you made a big batch of bisque, it would probably take about a half hour. Yeah, look at that. Absolutely. Delicious and nutritious with that squash and the greens in there. And the, and the parsnips and the cabbage, you've got a very nutritious dish here. Thank you, Chef Paul Prudhomme. The EPA concluded in 1998 that certain... Fruits and vegetables... And welcome back to the Produce Pair Radio Show. I'm Guido the Gardener, along with my partner in produce crime, Dan the Produce Man. And we have a very special show today with a very, very special guest, Chef Paul Prudhomme. Welcome, Chef Paul. Thank you. Happy to be here. Freezing everything, but it's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. At least you have a heating pad next to you here. Yeah, we got a pan going. We got a little bit of uh, a little bit of good oil in it, and we got a fire underneath. And we're going to cook some squash. Some oh, yeah. Buttercup squash. Okay. So, now, I just tasted something that you cooked already, which oh, just the instant it hit my mouth, I I, don't, I can't explain the feelings. So, I mean, it was delicious is what I mean. It's, but, it's creamy. Right. It's thick. It's rich. It's got ham in it. It's wonderful. Guido, you're always good at, good at these things. Hey, what, I, hey, Dan, can you? I tell you what. Why don't you talk for a while and I'll eat? Because <laughs> otherwise, because you know what's going to happen. You guys it is go ahead a little and do that. I'm going to start cooking. And it's it, it's going to get cold on me. I want Chef to sing again. I like that. <laughs> so, so what do we've got going on over well, there in that pan? What we're going to do is we're going to add some onions to the pan, and that's sort of the beginning. It's the beginning of of lots of the food we do in in Louisiana because onions have a great uh, texture and taste to food, and they have a great background taste. And what we're going to do is we're going to cook the onions first, and we're going to caramelize them, which means we're going to turn to change the color in them. And when you change the color in them with the fire, 
you actually take it and taking the acid and converting it to sugar, and it gets kind of sweet. If you take a taste of that, you know, what uh, the squash we're eating, yeah. you know, and it has a nice background taste and it's yeah. sort of brown. You know, it's sort of like something has been roasted. Yes, and yes. And the squash wasn't roasted. It was it's coming from the onions. Amazing. So, now, what kind, what heat should folks uh, have I the was onions just at? Gonna, I was just going to ask that. Is it, it is it a medium heat, high heat, low heat? Because when I start this, sometimes I'll end up just just burning them. Well, I think... I think the, the I think there's a lot of cues when you're cooking that's important to you hear the noise that's going on. Listen, you know to me, Ooh, to, me yes. that, to me that is is you know I mean I can be looking the other way and I can tell when the when when the when the noise changes when the color changes and so what I am going for with the fire is to get a good start on it and get things cooking and as soon as I see the color started changing. You know, if it's too too rapidly, I'm going to lower it down. So I've got about uh, a good high fire going in the beginning. And uh, when the onions start to brown, then I'm going to start turning the fire down. What else I got is some good ham and brought the ham with me from Louisiana to make sure it was good. Oh, okay. no. oh, <laughs> the, the, doesn't want to check what? the Bay Area here. Oh, thanks, California. Well, I didn't, I didn't have time to, guys. I didn't have time to. <laughs> I didn't want to just roll in somewhere so I didn't know where I was at and get ham. You know, yeah, that's wanted, true. I wanted yeah, to be okay. good ham. Well, we have Guido, so that's good ham. No, I, yeah. so, Between the two of us. So we, we got plenty. some herbs and spices we're going to put into it. Now, is that, it? Now, is that your mix? Herbs and spices? Yeah, this is this is one of my blends. And we just, it's you know, it's just a mixture of herbs and spices, the vegetable magic. And so... Okay, vegetable magic, and this is available in stores across the country. Yes, it's, it's available in in uh, almost every market in the country. The vegetable magic and meat magic and seafood magic, and this is starting to have a really nice color change to it. Uh, you know, the, the 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 smell is changing. You're getting a brown smell out of it. So we what we're doing is building flavors. Okay, and next we have. We're gonna add next. We're gonna add a little bit of garlic to it. But that's oh, Guido's of, favorite. A lot of bit of garlic. Got to have you got it. Oh, it's Guido's here, so we're gonna add more garlic. There you we're go. Mine go All right, a little <laughs> more garlic, and then we're gonna let that cook a second or two. I've got orange peel. I've got stock. I've got the herbs and spices, and I got ham and, um, and and the squash, and that's the whole recipe. And so we're gonna take them right through it as it cooks. And right now, this is simmering and. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go to the next point in just a minute. Okay, while that simmers, folks, you're listening to the Produce Pair Radio Show. We're live at the South San Francisco Produce Market, also known as the Golden Gate Terminal. Chef Paul Prudhomme is our guest here today. I'm Dan, the Produce Man, along with Guido the Gardener. All right, so we've got a young future chef here with us. What's your name? Gavin. Gavin, how old are you? Eleven. And you're gonna be a chef someday, aren't you? I want to. Yeah, look at that. What did you think of the squash? Oh, it was good. Oh man, absolutely delicious, huh? You gonna make you gonna make the squashes here too? Hopefully. Is a recipe that you're gonna take with you? Yeah. All right, future chef, yeah. When you make the squash, are you gonna invite the produce pair? Say yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah very good. <laughs> Question: When does a tomato taste like a real homegrown tomato? Answer: When that tomato is organically grown by Del Cabo Farms. At the tip of... And visit them at their website, usapairs.com. Welcome back to the Produce Pair on this fine, fine, lovely day in the San Francisco Bay. I'm Dan the Produce Man along with... Guido the Gardener. Chef Paul Prudhomme is our guest. The onions are going, the garlic's going, the seasoning's going. He's just put the ham in, and we are making buttercup 
and Ham Midley. I've got one complaint, though. What's that, Guido? Because all that marvelous aroma from all that cooking is going straight down the dock, away from me. I, and a crowd comes this way yeah, as look that at, smell. Look at, see, look at all the smiling faces it, down there. It's like a cartoon when that smell of that smoke goes and yeah. people just float and start rising hey, over sec- to it. The second <laughs> half of the show, I'm going to park at the other end of the table. And see, guys, they say that cooking is not a great profession. I mean, look how many people is drawn. The only other thing I know, if we put a couple of girls up here, never bring this many people around, especially these guys, you know. Yeah, that's it. All my life in the produce business, girls in squash, right? Yeah, there you go. Oh, we've got that ham medley cooking. Right, we got the ham. We've got the ham cooking, and the ham's starting to brown. You can hear some crackling going on. I'll put the mic real close there. Oh boy, that sounds good. What's happening is that the heat is is exploding cells in the in the onions and in the ham and stuff and. And just sort of tying everything together. And, and it's really one of the things about cooking that really develops a lot of flavor and marries a lot of flavors together. And the ham is starting to get a nice smell to it and a nice flavor. Now I'm going to put the herbs and spices. And I like to put the herbs and spices in where there's no moisture in the pan. And the reason that I do is that the herbs and spices, are, even though they dry, they're basically raw. And so when you buy a bottle of, of herbs and spices in the supermarket or uh, you get a bottle of mine... Uh, they're actually raw spices, even though they're dry. And so to cook them, is, you use dry heat, and it's going to convert them. It's going to make the oils come out, and it's going to give them more flavor, and it's going to have a better taste to it. And I notice that it's just sticking to everything there. There's, there's nothing on the bottom of the pan in any liquid or anything. All the herbs are stuck right yeah. to the ham and the onions. And, and, and the crackles change. Oh, you hear change. a crackle. Yeah, the crackles change. And, oh, and yeah. what happens is the herbs and herbs and spices accelerate heat. Because they got oil in it, and they got okay. a lot of there's a lot of power to herbs and spices, right. and, and it may sound silly, but it really accelerates the heat when you put them in, especially when the heat's dry like this. The smell is just awesome. It just changed. Well, I mean, that's appropriate wonderful. because we're at the Bay Area Herb Company here at the South San Francisco Produce Market and on I, the produce I put pair. The, I put the uh, I put the squash in, and these squash are, are diced up, and they're about uh, half inch dice uh, dices, and we put them in. We're going to mix them in with everything else. And then this dish is just about, it's actually just about done. Uh, as soon as the, I get a good mix here, I'm going to put the stock in, and then all we got to do is just let it simmer. And just before I put the stock in, I'm going to put the orange zest in. Ah. I want the orange zest to accent the color that's on the, uh, that's on the squash. On the squash. Okay. And so that's what I'm doing. It's very intense, and it's got a, uh, a, an acidic taste to it, which helps the taste of the, of the squash. And uh, I mean, it would help the taste of anything, but... Specifically, the squash. But one of the things that I do that people don't talk about much in cooking is I have found a relationship between colors of different ingredients that work better together. And so, uh, you know, instead of using grapefruit, which is a different color from the squash, sure. using an orange zest gives you a better a better flavor, a better taste, a better match. Oh, a and Five Days going to love you for that with their colorway too. It is. I mean, the colors are amazing in in cooking. And, uh, you know, we don't really think a whole lot about that on a, on a daily basis, how important color is in cooking. I'm going to add a stock to it. Now, I'm going to tell you, if I added water to it, this would still be good. But when you add a stock to it, it just makes a huge amount of difference. Water's job on earth is to take away. You could take, you could take a, a, a tablespoon of poison and put it in your mouth and, uh, you know, it'd kill you. You could take that same tablespoon of poison and put it in five gallons or ten gallons of water. And it'll slowly and drink, kill you. <laughs> no, drink, you could drink as much as you want. 
right. you know, and it's not going to, you know, it might get you sick, but it probably won't affect you near as bad as if. So what water does is dilute things, and so when you put it in your food as a as a an ingredient, just straight water, you're going to diminish all the ingredients. You're going to diminish all the structure of the ingredients in it. Okay. And so if you take chicken bones or beef bones or pork bones or a vegetable peel, you know, right. the stocks don't cost much. And just put them in water and boil them, you know, simmer them for a couple of hours. And instead of using water in your food, you start using those, and it's going to make a huge difference. So any stock will work in this, or what works best in well, this? Well, you got to be, you know, you should be reasonable. I wouldn't put pork stock in this. Okay. Well, I wouldn't right. put beef stock in it because it's too strong for it. I'm cooking vegetables, so I'd probably use a vegetable stock. I could use a chicken stock. That would be okay because okay. that's mild. And so just be reasonable with the, the thought of the stock and follow what you're cooking with it. And instead of using water, use stock, and I promise you'll improve your cooking 50%. Oh, you know, yeah, for it. folks that spend some time in the kitchen, like like I do, if I'm going to be cooking something, one something, two somethings, is I always have a pot of water going on the stove, and a little of this goes and a little of that goes. And then that, that way, at the end of my little session, I've got some stock. I put it in the freezer, and then I do exactly that. If I'm making, you know, rice or polenta or wh- whatever I've got, I've got something more flavorful than water, and something like this. That's and where I, it would I happen. I tell you, if you take if you take a stock that you've made and cool it down a bit, and put it in the ice tray, right, and make cubes with it, yeah, and then you take the cubes and just put them in a bag. And so, anytime you want to enhance the flavor of something, just drop it in the dish, drop Beautiful. the cube in, you know, and it just melts right in. It's so great. that won't affect the temperature and cooking time and all all that other jazz. Oh, a couple of no. cubes of ice couldn't change a you know pot of food a whole lot. You know? No, that's a better idea than what I do because I end up with. Like a whole quart of stock. Yeah, you end up with this block yeah. that you got to hack at and stuff. You just use a tray, then put it in the bag. Look at that. From Chef Prudhomme, I learned that right here on the Produce Bear Radio Show. We are live at the South San Francisco Produce Terminal at Bay Area Herb Company. Chef Paul Prudhomme is our guest. You're listening to the Produce Pear Radio Show. We have got some great buttercup and ham medley going here on the stove. There's people around. They're eating the squash and the, and the ham. They're loving it. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Dan and Guido will be right back. Hi, I'm Dan the Produce Man. Guido and I would like to thank you for tuning in to The Produce Pair right here on the Universal Talk Network. Hi, I'm Eddie Albert, Green Acres. Each day, 3,000 acres of our nation's farmland are being paved over by parking lots, shopping malls, and office buildings. So what happens when our farmland disappears? Food costs go up, wildlife habitat is destroyed, and part of our American heritage fades away. You want to help? Call American Farmland Trust, 1-800-431-1499. 1-800-431-1499. Fresh, juicy pears. Now that's some fruit the produce pear can support in a big way. Pears come in many shapes, sizes, and colors, but like they say, they all good. By their nature, pears ripen from the inside out. Given that, the area around the stem of a pear will show its softness, its ripeness, first. I got it. Check the neck for ripeness. What you want is a softer area around the neck and a firm area at the body of the pear. If the body itself is pretty soft, the whole pear will be likewise. But don't toss out that overripe pear. You've got a perfect smoothie in the making. Besides just washing and chomping on them, pears can be enjoyed in many different ways. They marry well with cheese for a fruit and cheese party platter. Also, they can be substituted for an apple in any dish. So, Dan, what's your favorite pear? That's easy. The produce pear. All right. 
The Produce Pair website is where you can find lots of information on fresh fruits and vegetables. When selecting citrus, look for fruit heavy for its size. That's an indication of its juiciness. For the latest citrus recipes, gift fruit shippers, and nutritional information, visit www.texassweet.com. That's T-E-X-A-S-W-E-E-T.com. Texas Citrus is available in the Bay Area at PW Markets, Molly Stones, Whole Foods, and in the Pacific Northwest at Cost Cutters and Food Pavilion. Mangoes, chest, nuts from the fire. The food is so good you will want to stay. Okay, I'm Dan the Produce Man, and while we wait for Chef Paul Prudhomme's wonderful buttercup squash and ham medley to simmer and cook on the stove. We're going to check in with Mark Todd, the cheese dude, and we'll get back with Paul Prudhomme in the next segment. Now back to the produce pair. Oh, Larry the cheese. Oh, Larry the cheese. Some cheese. All right. Oh, Larry the cheese. A world of cheese is deliciously made for you and Cheese balls and then run a mile. Two triple cheeseburger side order fries. Say cheese. I'm here to like cheese. But you can love me anyway that you please. I'm Susie Cream Cheese because I've never worn fake eyelashes in my whole life. This is America. I demand my cheese. It's like no cheese I've ever tasted. Cheese log, cheese log, cylindrical and yellow. Now then, some cheese, please, my good man. Certainly, sir. Mark Todd, the cheese dude, joins us, and spring has sprung. So we've got strawberries, we've got asparagus, we've got artichokes, we got apricots, and we have all kinds of great things uh, mm-hmm. coming out right now. What kind of cheese can we add to these items? Anything you want. Yeah, there, there you go. go. That's, always, why, we, that's, that's why, why we the like him. Dude. Yeah, he, he's easy. <laughs> I usually like to start uh, with a nice slab of Velveeta and. Uh, <laughs> right. No, actually, uh, uh, with the strawberries, there's there's a number of really fun things. When I think of strawberries and berries in general, I think of soft and they're they're so fresh and tasty that I want to have something that's very soft and creamy to go with them. That's why uh, you know berries and cream is so popular. So in in a case like that, I would probably uh, run down to the store and grab the best creme fraiche I could find. Ah, yes. And just take my strawberries and dip them in and just eat them luxuriantly. It's a fabulous combination of flavors. So the great sweet tartness of the dairy with the sweetness of, of the strawberry. So that's my favorite way. Um, Mascarpone is also a very nice thing to do with strawberries, particularly if you flavor it. You can flavor your mascarpone with like a framboise or something like that to give it a little bit of a, a sure. berry kick and then use it in with berries or uh, actually with cookies is good too, but it's also great, great with <laughs> any, any kind of yeah, berries. Hey, stick, stick them. Stick, oh, that's right. Come on. stick a strawberry on it. <laughs> there you, you go. Know. So then we're talking uh, you, some of the other great stuff that's out now. Uh, so the stone fruits, you know, apricots are, some, are one of my very favorite fruits and peaches particularly are, are dynamite. They're a little bit later, but with the apricots, typically I'm going to be using a mid-body cheese, a, a semi-soft cheese. I like it with a number of the cheeses from Europe. Um, some of some of the things like original Port Salute, it's beautiful. All Ooh, of the stuff that we call yes. get over here, the plastic wrapped stuff is not exactly real Port Salute. But any of the semi-soft cheeses, they're beautiful with things like the cheeses from Holland, the uh, Goudas and Edoms. They're beautiful with that. So is, I, are, those are a little bit. They're 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 a semi-firm body gotcha. cheese. Edom is a little bit harder than Gouda. Edom is made with part skim milk. Gouda is made with whole milk, so it's a little bit softer and creamier. Those are some of my favorite spread. 
spring cheeses. With your asparagus, I do uh, Gruyere. I melt a Gruyere uh, over asparagus. Ooh, you can yes. do asparagus Gruyere and a red onion pizza is outstanding. Oh, yes. Rem- yes remind yes, me yes, what yes. the Gruyere is. Gruyere, is a, that's a Swiss cheese that has a washed rind. It's one of the two traditional cheeses that goes into fondue. It is like Emmental Swiss, but it doesn't have the big eyes. It's a firm, dense cheese, that very dark yellow butter color, and it has a very nutty and earthy flavor, much okay. much earthier than you get out of a Swiss cheese. And it so melts. would you shred it or, you, or and melt it that way, yes. or would you or yeah, grate absolutely. it? I mean, yeah, yeah, shred it. I would shred okay. always. Uh, that's that's the cheese that you're going to find on top of your traditional French onion soup. Right. So that it's a great melting cheese. Uh, most of the Swiss mountain style cheeses are great melting cheeses, and they go great with asparagus. I think they they really bring out the flavor of the asparagus. We're in. All right, Mark Todd the cheese dude does it again spring is sprung and we are here it was late one night by the pale moonlight all the vegetables gave a spree they put out a sign that said the dancing's at nine and all the admissions were free there was peas and greens cabbage and beans it was the biggest crowd you ever did see for over 40 years, Lighthouse has brought your family the freshest all-natural salad dressings and dips in the produce. Okay, welcome back to the Produce Pair. I'm Dan, the Produce Man, along with... Guido the Gardener. And Chef Paul Prudhomme is here with us, and this squash is a cooking. We've added the onions, the spices, the garlic... The orange course. peel, the oh, ham. Yeah, can't forget the orange. Yeah. Oh, man, absolutely delicious. And it looks like it's just about ready. It's really neat because the, the squash uh, gave out a, a great deal of, uh, of starch in it, and, and it just kind of made a thickness to it, which is the texture we were looking for. And it's got about a couple more minutes to cook, and it's done. And I just tasted it, and it's at a very high level of taste right now. One of the things that's interesting when you cook things for a long time is that as it, as it disintegrates, because the squash will, because what we've eaten that was that we had done before is almost like a, you know, it's like a hash, and so as the squash deteriorates and as the things that made up the squash comes out into the sauce and it thickens it, also is going to lower the seasoning. Okay. Oh, okay. So it makes it a little it, more it mild. Start, yeah, it covers it. You know, it covers the seasoning a bit. So you start out with a little more seasoning than you need in a dish like this, because when you by the time you end up, and you can eat it cold and hot. If you got enough herbs and spices in it, cold and hot really works. It's kind of like my kids. They come out wild, and I have to mellow them out. <laughs> <laughs> you use a stick for that, though, right? <laughs> hey, hey, two sticks. I know it's kids. Uh, okay, so this is great. We've got the, the uh, buttercup and ham medley, which is absolutely delicious. You know, there was a, there was a soup I saw in one of the in the, one of the recipes, and I'm a fan of uh, hearty soup, squash soups. So I'll make... You know, like a pumpkin soup or butternut squash soup. And this, given the fact that it does break down real nice, this is this would make a heck of a it soup. It makes a really good yeah. soup, and it, it really is quick to do, you know, and it comes out really good, and it, it stays a long time. You can reheat it, and uh, the right. texture stays good. And so it's really a very versatile squash. It really is. I'd never seen it before because we don't have it in Louisiana. I didn't have it in Louisiana. It's starting to come in now. But when we first approached it, we looked at it and said, well, it looks like, you know, a lot of like our average squash. But the taste was different, but the real dramatic difference was the depth of taste and the texture to it. You know, it's fantastic. And for this time of the year to have fresh buttercup squash, you can't beat it. It's really hearty in the whole bit. Now, speaking of squash. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. 
folks around <laughs> this area have always argued with me that I learned about five or six years ago, actually, that Chayote squash in Louisiana is called Meloton, right. or Merloton. Right. In the South American countries, they call it Christophine. Okay, wow. So it has there a bunch go. of names to it. It really does. And that's something you've been cooking a lot with, or you do something well, in your restaurant? Well, I, okay, I grew up with it. I grew up with that. I mean, it was part of our meals a lot of times, and because melatons grow wild in Louisiana. And so we would take them and just use them as an additive to things. And they, you know, on their own, the meloton, it's really a neat texture. And it had an unusual color because there's not many vegetables that has a pale green inside. A lot of them will have a scandalous green or, you know, but this has a pale green inside. And if you take it and taste it, it's very, very crunchy. And as soon as you expose it to heat for just three, four, five minutes, you know, it, start, it gets very limp. And, it, and the texture changes dramatically. And it doesn't have a lot of taste. But what it does, I mean, it is probably the most wonderful uh, vegetable that I've ever seen to carry other flavors. And that's what we've always used it for. As a kid, we'd always put it with something else. We'd always let it carry something else. And it, it just was about three years ago that I realized how important it was to the culture as a carrier. Because we will put it as an extender in a dish, we'll put it, and it always makes the dish better. But on its own, and it's very unique. I don't know of any other vegetable that will get better as you combine it with other things and will affect the other things that you combine it with better. And it can be meat, it can be other vegetables, you know, it can be almost anything. Seafood, uh, melaton will make it taste better. And if you brown it and you expose it to a, a, a very quick, large amount of heat, especially after you poached it for just like two minutes, and you take the chayote or the, or the melaton and you slice it, and you just brown it with nothing on it, a little bit of herbs and spices on it, but you can do it with nothing on it. And it gets this wonderful uh, sort of mahogany color to it, and it, and it has this taste that's so exotic, you know, and it, 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 it doesn't it have any relationship to its original taste. And so it, it's, it's a benign vegetable that works with everything that I've ever put it with, and on its own, if you apply dry heat to it, it just changes and turns into something entirely different. And it's the only vegetable I know that'll do that. It's the only vegetable I know that has characteristics of nothing to a huge amount, you know, yeah. as far as taste is concerned and texture. And, and you have that seed inside that has a nut, nutty flavor to it, actually. Yes. And I always wait for that part when I'm cooking the, the meloton because that's my favorite part of the squash. Now, what about grilling uh, the meloton? I think grilling meloton is one of the great ways to do it because it has this uh, it has this ability that when you put it on an open fire, even if it's a uh, if in a skillet, you know, and brown it off, it just changes dramatically. And it changes the outside texture to it. Of course, it would do that with a lot of heat, but because it, it dries it out, but it gives it a wonderful flavor. I mean, a really exciting flavor. Well, great. Chef Paul Prudhomme, thank you for joining us today on The Produce Pair. We certainly appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. I only got one more thing to say. Okay. Go good ahead. cooking, good eating, good loving. We love you guys. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. Okay, folks. I want to thank everyone here involved uh, down here at the produce market today. Uh, Chef Paul, Steve Horowitz, uh, Phil Fendian with uh, Renaissance Foods, uh, Sean McBride, and everyone else that helped contribute to today's program. We certainly thank you. And until next week, this is Dan the Produce Man saying thank you for a real good time. And I'm Guido the Gardener, and I will tell you what my Nona Bessie always told me. Manja! 
Today's Produce Pair Radio Show was recorded Friday, April 2nd at the South San Francisco Wholesale Produce Market. For more information on the Produce Pair and our upcoming national television appearances, log on to www.producepair.com. That's ProducePair, P-A-I-R.com. Go to the What's Happening page to find the listings in your area. It's 